Hi there, I'm Katie Riggs. I'm a 40-year-old OCD book club dropout who believes that there is never a bad time for bubbly. And I'm Amanda Cook. I'm a travel junkie who's always up for an adventure and fueled by tacos and margaritas. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to Navigating Balance. It's the month of May, which is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all those out there. Today, we're going to focus on a couple of things, but mostly this is our our episode on you are a good mom, no matter what you think. It's going to talk about you know self-care, self-love, you know, self-doubt, uh, trying to navigate being a new mom or maybe a very seasoned mom and still dealing with the uncertainties of what you're trying to figure out in your life. But we're going to talk about that dynamic a little bit, about how every family is different how it's important to trust your gut, and then also, you know, when to find support when you need it, as well as when to talk to a medical professional. So the bottom line is we want to really focus on you are a good mom, no matter what you feel from day to day. So I am Amanda Cook, and I'm with my co-host. Hi there. Hey, my mom's out there. Um, I echo Amanda's statements. Happy Mother's Day to all of our current mothers, new or veteran, as well as all of our expecting mamas that might be listening. You're about to embark on the hardest yet most rewarding journey of your life. And so if this is your first Mother's Day this this May, cherish it because you deserve to celebrate yourself and to be celebrated. I don't know why it chokes me up so much. (laughs) Maybe because my journey to motherhood was a little bit difficult, but you do. You deserve to be cherished and to respect yourself and love yourself and trust that you are a great mom and that you are the exact mom that your children need each and every day. Let's get started. Sure. So we're going to talk a little bit about how every family is different. And that actually goes for each kid. Like I have two boys and they are both very different children and require very different parenting styles, have very different personalities. Actually, for the most part, they are the exact opposite of each other. So so I can't parent them the both both the same way. But yeah, they're like we know that every family is different. Your dynamic is different, whether you're married, divorced, single, adopted, you know, natural childbirth, things like that. And so your journey to motherhood was different just as as your children are different. That's the one thing we wanted to touch on a little bit today is that it's really easy to fall into the trap of comparing your parenting style or your children to other people. And we really have to keep in mind that every single situation and child is different. And so it, it can be maddening if you're comparing yourself to somebody else's situation. Of course, that goes with any, you know, whether that's, you know, your socioeconomic situation or your career situation or even your your relationship status. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just maddening. And I, I think it goes, it's almost doubly maddening when you're doing it in terms of motherhood and kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you become a mom, there is endless advice, right? It's like the minute you tell anybody that, you know, you got the plus sign on the, on the stick or that your adoption has been like, you know, it's going to happen and it, you know, it's finalized that you are going to become a mom. It's everyone lends you a million pieces of advice and there's a thousand books out there and there's a million podcasts and there's a million blogs and it's everywhere. The The information and the overload is deafening. And I remember like starting to read like one of the four books I was given 
and I'm not an avid reader. It's one of my biggest faults. I, I admit to that. Like I'm trying to be better at it this year. And I literally put it down about six chapters in because I was so overwhelmed. Like I was so overwhelmed, but like being like this human hasn't even arrived. And I'm trying, I'm supposed to remember all these things and it comes at you from every direction. And because every family is different and your journey to that, that family is different. And because every mother is different and every child and their needs are different, it can be hard to take those one size all approaches of these books and whatever else it is and apply them to your unique situation and your unique, wonderful, quirky, beautiful family and child and make it fit. And I know that with my first child, especially like I was so excited, but so nervous. And I had a lot of people around me that had entered the journey before I had, there was a lot of advice that was great and that helped me a lot. And then there was some advice that wasn't. And I can give one specific example of that, that like to this day, it's one of my greatest regrets was our daughter was about six months old. And I, I I nursed my children, both my children for over a year. And at about six months old, she was still waking up overnight to nurse. And I was really tired and worn down. And I think I was having a conversation with a couple people about it. And they're like, she's six months old. She does not need to be nursing at night anymore. She's not hungry. She's just manipulating you. You don't need to be doing that. Stop feeding her overnight. Like for whatever reason, took that information like it was pure gold and ran with it. And to this day, we struggled for probably like three months with her overnight, multiple wake ups, hanging over the crib, like holding her hand while she fussed and cried. And to this day, like I will sit here and admit that I think I was borderline starving her overnight because I took that advice and that advice did not work for my daughter. My son, 100% 360. I nursed him on demand overnight and he got up two times a night until he was 11 months old. But I tell you what, we both slept better. He was a happier baby. He had a better nursing journey than she did. I had a better nursing journey with the second kid. And so it's just an example of like, I didn't trust my gut on that. And I went with someone else's advice and every family is different. So some kids may not need to nurse overnight, but some do. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about trusting your gut. Let's talk a little bit more about that. I think that first of all, sometimes it's because of all of that unsolicited advice that's coming your way. It's really hard. But I think when you do trust your gut and you, you know, you know, when the decision is right, like, you know, when you're making it a bad decision Mm -hmm. and sometimes in all things with life, even parenting, it's really hard to go back on a bad decision and admit (laughs) that that was a really poor choice. And so sometimes you stick it out, just trying to prove a point. But, but I think at the end of the day, you, you know, trusting your gut is just one of those things that maybe doesn't come naturally to some people, mm-hmm. but when it comes to your kids, you are the person who knows your kids more than anyone else, better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making those decisions based on what's best for you is, you know, one of the most important things. I 100% agree with that. Like as I've become more mature in my parenting journey, I've done that more and more. And it's funny, like, Poor firstborns. I mean, I'm a firstborn, but I mean, my gosh, poor firstborns. It's such a like trial run, right? And you just, you know, you mess up, but God love them. That's probably why they're all so strong and independent is because they just know that you're learning and figuring it out with them. But with my second, it is just so funny how he was having some pretty bad ear issues. And I remember the pediatrician was like, you know, telling us like now with insurance and everything, there's rules, right? Like they've got to be in pain and having all these ear infections for like so many times before like insurance will even consider like covering a specialist and like getting them tube surgery. 
And I remember like we were at our breaking point with him. He was so uncomfortable and like, it was bad. And I finally looked at our pediatrician and I was like, that's enough. I was like, you're a medical professional, but like, this is enough. Like we're home with him every single day and I know he needs something done. And so she pushed through like the recommendation to go to the ENT and sure enough, like the ENT was like, he 100% needs tubes. And we were able to get it approved and get the surgery done. And we've had, I mean, and he's had like such a better journey since. And if I'd waited, like how many more times would he have had to been in pain and struggling? But I just knew, I just knew we needed to do more. And like, there's a million other times, right? Like when you see a kid in the pool and people are like, oh, they're fine. They're fine. You're like, "Mm, that's my kid. Like they're not okay. Right. Like I know the difference between like floundering a little bit and they're going to figure out the rest of the the stroke and be able to swim to the side of the pool or they're borderline drowning (laughs) or choking or, you know, or they're coming home from school and they're attitude isn't the same or their smile isn't there the pep in their step isn't there and you know something's going on so 100 always trust that feeling because it's like you get like a mom version of spidey sense once you have kids you're just more alert and you're just more aware of like everything your surroundings the people that are around your kids the media life um you know like it's just crazy so like 100 trust that gut i know i know it hasn't ever let me down when i've done it yeah, it's funny that you bring up the spidey sense because once I had kids, I swear to goodness, like I developed mom ears and like <laughs> I I can hear something like four doors down, closed, like mm-hmm. something's not right. Like a cough is off mm-hmm. or someone's cry that cry is not right. You can but, even hear like other people's babies yeah. cry. Like you're like, Oh, that baby's upset. Like I know. <laughs> and so and it's so crazy because they're just things that you hear and you're like Wow. Like I would never have in a million years paid attention to that before having kids. And even, I mean, I couldn't even hear all the way in the basement, like a thud that I know is not a normal thud. <laughs> like there are, I have two boys, so there are lots of thuds in my house, but like, I know who broke their arm. Yeah. When there's a thud that something is wrong <laughs> and the differences between those. And I know exactly that I need to go down and check on something. So mm-hmm. it's just funny what motherhood does to you in terms of like, you know, your, that sixth sense that you develop. Mm-hmm. And there'll be, there'll be different phases of how that, that, um, that gut feeling or that spidey sense, the mommy spidey sense kicks in. And I think they change as your kids get older and they mature, you know, it goes from like the baby's cry that they're upset or it's a colicky cry, right. And you've never heard it or a barking cough, like those types of things to the potential of like choking or drowning to your children need something else, whether it's, emotional and you know it's an emotional need or something's going on at school or whatever and I I think it's just always trusting that because it'll constantly like morph and change and I'm seeing that as my daughter's only six she turned six this week but I've seen even as she's entered kindergarten and it's a new group of kids and it's a different environment and she went to the same preschool with her like little best friend who's a, a daughter of a good friend of mine and they go to the same kindergarten school like same elementary school but they're not in the same kindergarten class and so she broached on a new journey this year with knowing nobody when she walked in first day and she's independent and strong so like a boss she walked in but you know on like day two or three she was like I don't have any friends like and we're in COVID where they can't socialize a lot and so really navigating that journey with her has been interesting this year and you know we're almost at the end of the year and 
she's made a new little friend. And then that girl randomly ended up in her gymnastics team, which is great. Right. And then came to her birthday party and I got to meet her parents for the first time this week. Oh my gosh. And that's a whole nother topic. We could talk about like oh dating God. your friends, parents. Cause it feels like that's what it is. Your kids, friends, parents. Well, um, and then you get older and you don't ever meet the parents and it's like, you don't even know. Yeah. Like, you don't even know who they are. My kid's almost 12 and I've there. I've, because there's no reason to, because they right. either they're playing online or they're just see each other at school. And so I know they're I or know, a sporting activity and you yeah, might see each children, other across the field. You don't know their parents and you're like, Whoa, this is a very different dynamic. I mean, we had Frankie's for our sixth birthday yesterday, like a small gathering. And it was the first party where I had given the parents the option because I'm used to hosting the party. And then I end up with like you know, 50 people in my house because every parent, every like set of parents would come like up until her fourth birthday, like every well, to be set honest, of parents. You throw a really great party. So, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I kind of do, but yeah, so it was the first time that really only our like couple of neighbors that we're good friends with. And like my sister, right. Who's my daughter's aunt stayed. And all the other parents like door dropped. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I don't literally have to pay to host 50 people for every kid's birthday party now. Um, it is a different dynamic. But but yeah, so trusting your gut. And um, through that, you're going to have to, I guess, in our next topic here, you're going to have to really like balance between trusting your gut and developing like a network or a community as a mom that is going to support you in that decision, but also challenge you to think differently or better when you need to, or give you the direction or the guidance when you're really seeking it. And I think Amanda and I can probably attest that there's a lot of mean mommy groups out there and just stay clear of all that jazz. (laughs) Find a, find a happy place, find a positive place where your people are. You'll know your people when you find them. Well, and it's, it, you know, we talked about all the unsolicited advice and things like that, but you need, you do need to find a network of people who are not even necessarily like-minded because it's actually healthy for you to have some differing opinions and but it's it is really important to find that group that's non-judgmental who you can feel comfortable and vulnerable with to say hey like i am going through some shit mm-hmm. and like i need some advice like i don't know what to do i've tried this is there something else that i can try is there any advice like I think that's really important to have a group of women or men that you trust to be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. and talk about your failures with, because God knows I feel, I feel like a failure all the time sometimes, but (laughs) to be able to trust the people you're talking to that, you know, they have your best interest in mind too. Mm -hmm. And so, and I think that that goes along with the trusting your gut thing as well. Like it's like, you know, when someone's blowing smoke, like, someone who's just talking to hear themselves talk, but then also trusting your gut to like, know that there are people out there. There is a group of people and you should find them that really want what's in your best interest. And they're, they don't have ulterior motives and they don't have, you know, reason to judge you and, and all of those things. So, you know, finding that support is really helpful mm-hmm. and it can come out of nowhere. You know, you just have to, to maybe seek it out. You have to be open to it too. I think there people are a little bit more, at least mothers that I'm around or in kind of my generation of mothers, we're a little bit more conscious of like over providing information because it was either done to us Mm -hmm. or we watched it happen to other people. And it's obviously just like so out there now, like, you know, mom shaming and bad mommy groups and unsolicited advices, you know, whatever. I think finding that tribe is so, so important. Um, I wouldn't be half the mother I am today without the seasoned mothers that are around me that have lifted me up. I remember, you know, after my second child, like Frankie as a newborn, my daughter 
was really easy in the beginning. And I almost felt like really blessed. Like it just felt, I was like, this isn't that hard. Like, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. You should never, ever think that. It's dangerous. It's like, don't, (laughs) don't do that because the minute that happens. Well, and I feel like that's the (laughs) sneaky thing. That's the sneaky thing God does. Like with the first child is like, they're, you know, that's why we have siblings. (laughs) Yes. Because the first one's fine. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I can do this. And then I will tell you, like, it was a way harder adjustment going from one to two for me. Oh my goodness. Like it was a rude awakening. I was like, how am I supposed to do bedtime for a three-year-old and nurse a newborn? I mean, I remember like crying, breastfeeding my son, Miles, and like trying to read Frankie's bedtime stories. And I am just, and Rob was on a work trip and I am just, and it was like week two. And I am just like a hot mess express. Um, And I remember we went to Father's Day, which he was born in May. So my son was, you know, just a, a month old at the time. And we gathered with two other couples we're good friends with that have similar age kids, right? Like each have two other kids of their own. And they, the other two women there had had kind of a different journey. Their first child was their hard child. And surprisingly enough, they both had a son first and a daughter second. And I was vice versa, <laughs> had a daughter second and our daughter first and a son second. Um, and we were all there. And like, I walked in and I must've just looked like death warmed over. I mean, just exhausted and like trying to hold it together to like do this father's day brunch for my husband, you know, first father's day with his son. And, and I, and I remember we were like, kind of did picnic style on one of the women's like back um, porches and we'd all prepared dishes and brought them and everything. And it was real low key. And I sat down on the blanket and it must've just been the slump, like the, the, the look of, I don't know, exasperation or despair on my face. And Anne looked at me and Amanda looked at me and they were like, why don't you go take a nap? And at first I was like, no, no, I'm okay. And then it was like, no, why don't you like go to the spare bedroom and take a nap? Like miles, you just nurse miles. Like we got this. And I remember this huge sigh of relief. Like I didn't even have to say anything. I didn't have to ask for the help. I didn't have to do anything. It was just being in the right tribe because they saw it and they'd been there. Their second children were a little bit older than mine. So they'd already kind of been through some of that journey. And I went and I took a two and a half hour nap until like they came to wake me when Miles was hungry the next time. And I was able to like, and we ended up being there for like six or seven hours. So I ended up being able to like enjoy the rest of the time, not completely drained and just feeling like so loved, so unconditionally loved. There was no questions asked. There was no, okay, I'll do this. And then you'll do this for me. And it's just the right tribe. So it's just finding that community of people that you can rely on and reach out to that doesn't, there's nothing in return, right? Like it's, it's just that love and that support. Yeah. I think you might, you're going to have different tribe, like different, different tribes for different reasons. Like, yes, you know, you're going to have your mom tribe. You're going to have your girlfriend tribe. You're going to have your work tribe. You're going to have, you know, just then your ride or dies. And so I think it's important to realize that like, it's okay to go to different people for different advice, Mm -hmm. especially because, you know, like we talked earlier, not every journey is the same Mm -hmm. and you got to open your mind up to being able to to navigate through um, different things, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, and I, well, and you know, what we, well, I'm sure at some point in this podcast, we'll talk about toxic friendships, but it's mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with people who always have your best interest in mind mm-hmm. and know you and can at least guide you mm-hmm. into when they can see a problem before you see a problem. Mm-hmm. I think we all need people like that in our lives to be like, Hey, this isn't right. Something's not right with you. You need, you need to like take a second look and work through that. But I think that's one of the things that as we, we transition to into the next topic about like medical professional help Mm -hmm. sometimes 
and there's still, I think there's still a stigma, no matter how much we talk about it, no matter how much there's written about it, there are still many people out there that, you know, feel the perception is that there's still the stigma about seeking help. Yeah. Like there's failure in it. Yeah. And or judgment. Postpartum depression is a real issue. It's a real thing and it's a real issue. And so, you know, as you start your motherhood journey, you, everyone thinks of postpartum, you know, they know about it, but it's really hard to recognize that, um, especially when you're in the shit. Like when you're in the middle of it and you're in the shit, it's really hard to recognize it. But in addition to that, I think it's really hard to recognize, you know, anxiety and depression as kids get older too. Like mm-hmm. those things know no age. Like it, they they don't care. They don't discriminate. No, they don't care how old you are. They don't care how experienced you are. They don't care how old your kids are. And so it's really important to not feel like you can't ask for help from a medical professional. And I think one of the hardest things to do is to seek that professional guidance. Do not rely on the Google. Like, like when it comes to that stuff, you got to get out of the support groups. Yeah. You got to get off Facebook. You got to get off the internet. Like you need to, we are the first people to tell you that there is always a time when that medical professional or counselor or whatever it is that is, that is what they do. That is what they went to school for. That is what they are certified by a board to do. That that's where you need to be. And we can't say that enough. And like Amanda said, that journey knows knows no age, right? It can that mom anxiety can hit you at any time and it can be it can be suffocating. I mean, I know there were times in this last year, like a lot of us, this last year was very, very different than every other year, right? Something we've never experienced in our lifetime. But there were times where I would literally wake up and my chest would be tight. Like it felt suffocating. I don't think I thought, I thought everyone's going through this at the time. And I probably should have like done something more about it than what I did. And, you know, me and my husband talked through it and that helped and, you know, using friends to rely on and realizing I wasn't alone in the journey. But, you know, sometimes it it really just needs medical or professional help. And that is okay. That's okay. Well, and I think that goes for both parents and kids. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be very transparent here in that, you know, there was a situation where with one of my sons, my oldest son, he's 11 now, where I felt like he had some anxiety and some anger issues. And I didn't know how to deal with that and how to help him because I could see that he was struggling. And, and one of the hardest part about a parent is when you see your your child struggling and you don't know how to fix it. Ugh, it's heartbreaking. If someone is hurt or sad or just dealing with things and you can't fix it as a parent, like that's the hardest thing in the world. And it also makes you feel like the biggest failure in the world because that's like your only job. You have one <laughs> job to do and that's to take care of your kids. And so it's hard to yeah. admit that, that your kid might need help from someone that you, from someone other than you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, and so we got him into some counseling and he's, he's, he's a therapist and he's great. Like he enjoys his therapy sessions. Like that's the one thing I want to maybe dispel myths or rumors about is that, you know, my kid's in counseling, but he loves his counselor. He like, he loves his time with her. Like he goes and visits with her. And at this point he's only going like once a month or once every two months as like a maintenance thing. And he's fine. And he's overcome some of those challenges that he's had, but he, like he values his time with her because he trusts her and he feels safe with her and he can have an open and transparent conversation with her and not feel like he's 
hurting anyone's feelings because I'll be honest, she does not share what they talk about unless, unless it's something that we obviously need to know about, but she doesn't share the conversation with us. Um, she tells us, you know, whether it was a good session or if there's something we need to like, you know, address, you know, after the fact, but he loves his, his time with her. And so, and, and I see that he's improved. And so he actually probably at the end of the school year, we probably will not continue with her because he's improved so much and he feels like he can handle some of those emotions Mm -hmm. that he couldn't deal with on his own. But you know, and, and that goes back to also trusting your gut. Like mm-hmm. I saw a situation that I was not capable of fixing. And so I really needed to dig deep inside myself and admit that I needed help. I needed medical help, like, you know, a medical professional to help do that. And so, and that, but like I said, that goes for both the parents and, and the, the children. Yeah. And I think that that just goes back to our main topic here, which is at the end of the day, you are a good mom. And like Amanda in that situation could have been like, shoot, I can't, I can't fix this. I can't fix it. I'm supposed to be able to fix everything, right? Like I'm a mom, right? Like I'm supposed to fix everything. And you know, we, we joked and said, you got like spidey sense once you became a mom, but you also, that doesn't mean you were given the answers to everything. And it also doesn't mean that you're expected to have the tools or resources within yourself to fix it all, address it all. Like, no, that is not humanly possible. And so don't take that burden on. Don't, don't wear that badge of honor. Don't try to fly the flag or the cape. Like we need each other. We need healthy community and friends and partners in this journey. We need professional and medical help sometimes, whether that's medical in the physical sense or in the um, mental sense, both as, you know, as parents and as our children, or even as couples, you know, taking that and applying that to your relationship as well, whatever type of relationship you're in and taking care of yourself, like take care of yourself through this journey because you're only, you can only love other people as much as you love yourself. And if you're not whole and if you're hurting and if you're struggling, it is hard to be the mom that you're capable of being every single day. And I have walked that path. So this is not, this is not me telling you something that I I haven't taken my own advice on, um, is sometimes you're not going to be the strongest and sometimes you're not going to have all the answers. And sometimes you're going to need professional help and that is okay. That's what makes you a great mom is that vulnerability to reach out, to find the right people, to find the right resources and to trust your gut and your kids. Like I saw this beautiful commercial where moms described themselves and like there was tears, Mm -hmm. right? They're just like so upset and they're just beating themselves up. And then they interviewed the children separately, like one child from each of the mothers. And then these kids just were like, she's beautiful and she's smart and she's my superhero. Right. And then they showed the moms like, this is what you said about yourself. Who are like a sobbing mess at the right? <laughs> I'm like about to cry just thinking about the video. And then this is what your kids said about you. You're their hero. They love you so much and they don't want a different mom. They want you. So like, just be you and do you. Find the right community. And you are a good mom. You no are. matter what you yeah. think, no matter what you feel, you are a good mom. Mm-hmm. Take that with you. Yeah. And celebrate yourself. Be cool to do that, you know? I mean, you either went through an arduous, probably hard process through adoption, or you went through, you know, carrying a baby. Either way, however you became a mom, it was a journey for you. However you became a mom is miraculous. <laughs> right. Like, it's a no journey. matter how you did it, it's miraculous. Yeah. Like, or maybe, you know, you're the spouse and you have, you know, stepchildren 
And that's a whole different journey. We could probably spend a whole topic on, or a whole, you know, hour on that topic. But however you did, it's miraculous and it's amazing and it's beautiful. And you're here now and you're the right mom for those kids. Um, and you're a great mom. And we just want to say happy Mother's Day to you. And we celebrate you, celebrate yourself. And we'll see you next time.